we're going to have the Turners come up. Um, for you guys who are newer to Freedom here, uh, we are the sending church for Aaron and Rachel. Uh, they've been teaching at a school down uh, in the Bahamas, which they're going to share about uh, for the last few years. And what we can do um, in ways of supporting and praying for them. So if you guys want to come up and share with us at this time, that would be great. You guys can clap very loud for them. All right, so who are we? We're the Turners. Here's a picture of our family. Uh, we have two kids, Joelle and Cooper. They are four and a half and two and a half. And we think they're really cute, but we're a little bit biased. Um, they are growing up really fast. Joel is actually starting kindergarten full time in the fall. Um, so prayers for us and for her, um, for that. So, um, I actually, if you don't know much about us, um, I knew Landon in high school. Where'd you go, Landon? Oh, uh, I went to one of Landon's Bible studies. So I knew their family pretty good from when I was growing up, um, in Nina. And then, um, Aaron and I met in college, and we moved back to the area. One of our friends said, did you know Landon started his own church? So we decided to visit, and on the first Sunday, he said, you should pray about coming to this church because we need people to serve musically, and um, that was all that needed to be said. Uh, we prayed about it and came, um, and we served for three years leading worship, um, and then the Lord called us to the Bahamas. So. Um, we were a little worried um, about him providing, but now there's like a million people leading worship at Freedom, so it's cool to see that the Lord provided um, and filled that need in our absence. So that's a little bit about us and our connection to Freedom. Um, we are so blessed to have you guys as our sending church, and it's cool to come back every summer, and there's always new faces and new people that we get to know. Um, so that's been fun as well. Uh, we just wanted to share a little bit about what we do um, we the main thing we do at the school is the dorm parenting but first we'll talk about um teaching so we both teach part-time during the day and aaron teaches music so we have a picture of his marching band somewhere so he can share about that all right uh and just, just before i get to the band uh for anyone that doesn't know our school is a small christian school uh down the caribbean uh and we um offer christian education for um the kids that live in the islands of the Bahamas. Um, and because the Bahamas is a bunch of different islands, uh, we have kids that come just during the day that are from the island that we live on, but then we also have kids that stay in the dorm because they live from a different island. Um, anyway, I, uh, one of the things I do at the school is I teach music classes. I teach um, all the music from grade 5 to grade 12, and I direct the band and I direct the choir. And um, the band was kind of a new thing. Um, it started last two last year. Seems like longer. Uh, <laughs> um, I started the band there last year. Um, and we had a lot of help getting instruments, which was great, um, and getting money so that we can get the, the music program up and going. And so we've had music, I mean, we've had band for two years now. Um, and this is uh, the band from last year, um, and we, uh, one of the things I do with the band is practice marching, because marching band is really popular down there. Um, so we live on the top of a hill, and 
we marched all the way down to the seaside, took a picture, and then marched all the way back up, <laughs> the, all the, way back up the hill. Uh, the kids are having a lot of fun with it. Um, it's been going pretty good. Um, um, I, I teach part-time as well, and I'm actually, um, I just sort of fill in where needed. So I've taught different subjects each year. The school is always looking for more uh, missionary teachers, and they can't always afford to hire teachers. So that's why um, teachers like us are sent um, by the church and through missions. And um, so every year there's kind of a subject where they're like, we don't have a teacher for this subject yet. And it usually ends up being me. I'm like, I'll try. And um, I am not... Um, totally qualified each year, but it's been uh, cool to see uh, the Lord teaching me to be flexible and to do my best and fill in where needed and pray that he provides um, someone else. And often he does, but then there's another, you know, hole in the schedule the next year. So um, I have a picture of me with some of my students. I taught um, math. It's it's me with a bunch of girls. That's not it. It's okay. I told them the pictures were in order, but maybe they shuffled around on the flash drive. Is there another picture? <laughs> it doesn't like it. That's okay. Okay, well, that's okay. I teach math, or I taught math this last year, and I had a cute selfie with me and a bunch of girls um, in our classroom. So uh, it's been fun to get to know different grades and different students and learn new subjects each year. There we are. Aren't we cute? Um, so they're just a lot of fun. That was one of my favorite classes this year, and they were in seventh grade. Uh, I had them the most because uh, it was math, so I saw them almost every day, sometimes two times a day. And um, most of the other teachers didn't really like them because they were young and rambunctious and full of energy, but I thought they were a lot of fun. Um, So it was fun to teach them, and um, I'm honestly still not sure what subjects I'll be teaching this year because it keeps changing. So I'll get an email being like, oh, now you're probably teaching this subject, or we maybe figured out something for this subject. So I'm just um, trying to be flexible and allow the Lord to use me where needed, um, but I also try to teach as part-time as possible so that I can um, dedicate time to our family and um, watching the kids and supporting Aaron in the dorm. So... Like we shared, uh, the dorm is kind of the biggest uh, thing that we do down there, or I guess what um, the Lord's put on our heart as our vision uh, for the school. So um, we originally went more thinking about the music teaching position because that's what Aaron does. So we were like, there's an opportunity to teach music in the Bahamas. That's awesome. Uh, Let's go do it. And then we got there and just God um, changed our hearts and just really... Um, put it on our heart to be there for these boys in the dorm that uh, we were thinking would be temporary, but now we believe will be long-term. So I'll just share a little bit about them and then let Aaron talk more. Um, So uh, I think there's a picture of a dorm boy holding Cooper, if you have that one. There he is. That's Jade. He's one of our dorm boys. Um, So something about these boys is that um, they're, most of them are considered at risk, so at risk to not succeed um, in life, and that's because of how they were raised. So a lot of them come from um, one-parent homes, or um, maybe they were even raised by an uncle or a grandparent. Uh, we see that a lot, and um, even sometimes, like one of our students lived with his uncle, and his uncle was an alcoholic and drunk all the time, and he would, he would always be late to school, and we're like, why are you late? You have to come, like, on this day at this time. He's like, I can't. My uncle's drunk. 
every Sunday night. So like I have to wait to come till Monday morning. So there's situations like that that we see all the time. Um, and a lot of times um, these students' parents will send them to the boarding school because they don't want anything to do with them. Um, or they've had a parent leave because things have been hard or it's challenging to raise a teenager. So their parents will leave, leave them or send them to live with someone else. So um, God's just really put it on our hearts to be consistent people in our lives, their lives. Um, we're not sure how many years we'll be there, but we feel like we want to be there as long as we can because for these boys, people bail on them when things get tough. And we have seen a lot of turnover in the dorm before us. But like um, one of our missionary friends is like, wow, you guys are going on your fourth year. Like, that's crazy. That's like the longest I've ever seen anyone in the dorm. And um, the girls dorm has had four dorm parents since we've been there, three years. Um, so it's just such a tough job that there's turnover all the time or people aren't good fits or um, it's just too challenging. So they leave and do something else. And we feel like the job is really challenging, is really hard, but we should be there for the boys because everyone else bails on them when things are hard. And um, so we just want to be consistent. We want to show them um, what it looks like to have, you know, um, a Christian family and they can see us raising our kids together. We're marrying, we're raising our children together. We're trying to provide um, a stable Christian home, you know, for our kids and then try to love on these boys at the same time. So, um, sometimes even me personally, I don't work directly with the boys as much. So I feel like, am I really making a difference? Um, but then the Lord's just sort of revealed to me, like they see you raising your kids and they see you married to Aaron and, um, you know, your marriage and your parenting and like that in itself is huge. Um, cause they don't see that very much. So, I guess that's sort of just a summary of our vision for the dorm. And um, we have a couple more pictures of a few things Aaron does specifically with the boys and one of his students that graduated this last year. So I'll let him share about that. Um, just to paint a better picture uh, of what a, like a day looks like or what a week looks like is um, the boys will, I have about uh, 12 boys um, that stay in the dorm and they, they'll come on Sunday night um, and then we'll have a little chapel service Sunday night because um, a lot of them didn't go to church on Sunday morning. Um, and then a typical school day, you know, we'll get up in the morning, uh, have breakfast, I'll make sure that their chores are done, they have to have the rooms clean, um, have to wear a uniform. Um, and the uniform isn't just our school, like all the, all the schools in the Bahamas have to wear a uniform. They have to get a uniform on, chores done and then they have to get out the door on time for their classes and then during the day the dorm is closed and they're all at school and then after school um, you know they come back yeah, they hang out time free time that's my chance to you know go and catch up see how the day went how they did on the tests all that kind of stuff uh, we have some dinner and then I help them with their homework uh, projects and studying all that good stuff uh, and then after that um, we have devotions every night. So then that's my, my chance to, um, you know, go through book of the Bible or talk about different topics or address certain issues and all that, um, that good devotional discipleship type stuff. Uh, so that's one of the things that you can always be praying for, for me is, uh, my devotion time every night with the boys that it'll just be meaningful and productive. 
Um, oh, and then at the and then uh, Friday, then they go home, um, and then we have the weekend to recuperate and with our family. Um, and the boys, they have to drive about an hour. Uh, well, this this is most of them. They have to drive about an hour north, um, and then they get on a water taxi and go over to the island that most of them are from. If they're not from there, then they stay with a uncle or a grandparent or something that they have nearby. Um, so that's a typical life. Um, I like to get off campus once in a while and do stuff, although there's not a whole lot to do uh, on Eleuthera. We, our island is about 10,000 people. Um, we, have, we have one movie theater, which is pretty cool. It shows one movie every night. Um, same movie for two weeks. Same movie for two weeks. Uh, which is actually uh, pretty good, pretty cool. Um, that they, you know, there's something. Uh, <laughs> they show all the biggest hits. Uh, I think, you know, Star Wars was there, and all, all those ones that are the biggest. Um, but then, um, other than that, there's not really anything to do. So uh, we go out fishing sometimes. I think there's a picture of us uh, fishing on the rocks. They like, like to catch the fish. Um, and then aside from fishing, they like to play basketball, too. Um, and then you can go to the next picture. There should be a picture of uh, one of my dorm boys named Aaron. Um, and they think it's really funny that... It's not that funny. They think it's funny that his name is Aaron and my name is Aaron. Um, <laughs> and so he was actually my first dorm boy that graduated um, since I've been there. Um, he, when we came, he was in grade 10, and then last year, 11, and this year he was in grade 12. And it's just been awesome to see um, how he's grown and how he's changed. And even just the last month of school, uh, I don't know if something clicked in his head, like I am an adult now and I'm leaving this uh, school. And the last month of school, he was just um, matured so much. And like, even like boys would be doing something mischievous, mischievous and he would be the one you know, getting them back in line and saying, no, you can't do that. You gotta f listen to what Mr. Turner says, and and it's just been great to see uh, how he's influencing the boys. And unfortunately, he's not coming back. But um, uh, we can just pray that um, what some of the other boys that are getting older will step up and uh, become good student leaders and and whatnot. All right, so um, we just kind of want to share a few prayer requests before we close. So uh, we shared this last time, but apparently. Only like a third of you were here. Um, so just some prayer requests specific to this year is we do still need teachers. There's um, a retired couple that's actually I knew from growing up that is um, discussing with um, the school about possibly coming down and teaching. So that would um, be amazing if that worked out. So pray that it does or that the Lord would provide someone else for this coming year. Um, and then... Um, we're, we, we're possibly getting a couple new boys in the dorm, so just pray for that and the dynamic. Um, most of them are younger, and usually we have less trouble with the younger ones. Um, so, but just pray um, for us. Um, busyness, you know, if Aaron has more boys in the dorm, it'll be a little more busy, and um, he will have to attend to them a little bit more. So just pray for our schedule. Um, and then we shared last time that um, some of our really good missionary friends um, had to 
uh, leave the mission field because um, his dad is dying of ALS. So they took a furlough to decide, you know, kind of evaluate the situation, and then they decided to leave. So they just moved all their things in uh, June, and uh, they actually now live in northern Wisconsin, so we were able to see them a couple times this summer, um, but just pray for that loss for the school. Um, they had have, like, giant, giant shoes to fill um, they played these huge roles um, around the school and were good leaders and examples of missionaries to us and super good friends. So um, the school will maybe be suffering a little bit this year with that loss, and then we'll be struggling emotionally with that loss of um, friendship. And, you know, they just become like family because we all live together and serve together. So um, so it's been tough, um, but... So that, those are kind of some of our biggest prayer requests for the coming year uh, for teachers, boys in the dorm, and then um, their, their last name's the Flunkers, so you can be praying for them, um, that missionary family. Um, let's see. So we do still need more financial support. Um, we started out the summer at about 60%, and now we're about to 70%, so we increased a bit this summer. That's a praise. Um, but the closest, we, the closer we get to 100, you know, is uh, would be amazing before we head back. So at our table, we have, um, we made the numbers 1 through 50. You can see that a few have been taken. Um, if you take a number, then you're committing to support us at that many dollars a month. So there's even some really little ones, you guys, like $8 a month. Um, or if you don't like odd numbers, you could mix, take like a nine and a one to make 10. Um, so if you're already, maybe you're already supporting us $50 a month, you could still take, you know, a four, go to $54 a month. The more numbers that we have taken, uh, if we get all those numbers taken before we go back, then we would be fully supported and that would be amazing. Uh, we've been under supported ever since we've been on the field. So to know what it's like to, you know, live a year without having to worry about money, without having to worry about groceries and be able to focus on the ministry would just be amazing and a huge blessing. Um, if you can't give financially, pray that someone else will um, pray that the Lord provides for us. It's been cool to see even when we don't have our financial support, um, he still provides for us month after month. We'll get a package of groceries from the church, uh, which is amazing. And uh, we actually just met with James uh, to talk about how it's been going and we decided to keep it, uh, continue doing it as is. It's been going really well and um, we love getting packages from church, so if you can't give financially, but you can bring food to send to us, uh, that's a big help as well. Um, we are having an open house today at 4 o'clock in Nina. Uh, the information is in the bulletin, or we have like a flyer that you can take, and that's just sort of last chance to see the Turners, say bye, um, or um, ask any other questions about our ministry, hang out, eat food. Um, we have plenty of space for kids to play if you want to bring kids. Um, so that will be today, 4 to 8. And we would love to see you all. We leave Wednesday morning, so pray for our travels and children and et cetera. Anything you want to add? Okay. I think that's it, unless anyone has a question or we missed something giant. Yes. You know, I think we had like 11 missionary teachers, um, and then we have some local staff. We have two um, Bahamian teachers, and then uh, the most of the support staff is Bahamian, so like our groundskeeper and cook. 
uh, janitor, et cetera, bus driver. Um, so I think we had 11 missionaries and then we had, so it was a couple that left and then we had one other single, um, woman that left as well this year. So, so we're down three. Do we have any other teachers leave? No, but, um, but one of those missionaries played the part of like 12 missionaries. So, (laughs) um, so it's just, like I said, a big loss for the school and his positions have all been having to, um, divvied up, I guess. So. Any other questions? Well, we really appreciate you guys letting us share, and uh, we'd love to talk to you at our table after or come to the open house and hang out with us this afternoon. We love you all. Thank you. So I know what you guys are thinking, and I wish I could be a missionary in the Bahamas. Um, go, they need help. Uh, <laughs> but if you don't go, support these guys, okay? Um, what they won't tell you, it's a lot harder than probably what they expected when they first went. Um, yeah, the ocean's beautiful, but life there is hard. They're scraping by, so support these guys. Uh, we love them. Um, I'm going to do a short teaching. Um, uh, if you guys turn your Bible to Genesis 12, I'm hoping to keep this short. So if I'm still preaching at quarter two, throw something at me. Thank you. (laughs) So, The words of Christ to his disciples in John chapter 20, verse 21 says, As the Father sent me, I also send you. Okay, What I'm doing right now, going through uh, this teaching, I'm hoping to encourage the missionaries in this room. This is really for you guys, for all the missionaries who are in this room. If you're thinking, great, what am I listening to this for? You don't get who you are in Christ Jesus. We are all missionaries you see jesus was sent on a mission by the father for the glory of god and for the betterment of humanity and in the same way jesus was sent we the church are also sent on a mission by jesus for the glory of god and for the betterment of humanity and there are some fundamental failures in the modern american church And what this fundamental failure does, it really freezes the church in its calling and renders us less than what God would have us to be. So what is the fundamental failure that has us frozen? I'm glad you guys asked because I'm going to tell you. First of all, I think it's multifaceted. One of them being there's a failure to understand the biblical concept of mission. Secondly, there's a failure to understand ourselves as the church And thirdly, there's a failure to understand our context, especially right here in North America. So we will start with God. Mission starts with God, doesn't it? All right. So God is the initiator of mission. Um, All mission is God's mission. We need to be theocentric in our understanding of what mission is, missions. 
okay? Uh, opposed to the ecclesiocentric or anthropocentric or cosmocentric ideas that are out there in the world today. We need to do mission because that is who God is and it is what God does. So, God is a missionary God, and aren't we thankful for that? Who, by his very nature, reaches out and sends. Okay, he is a sender. He's sent. He's sending. See, mission has its origin in God himself, not the church. And I think that's where we miss it, guys. It's not the church. The church did not invent mission. It is a part of God's mission. But the other thing that we must say about God and mission is this. Mission exists because worship doesn't. Let me say that again. Mission exists because worship doesn't. The goal of all mission is for God to be worshipped, adored, and glorified by all peoples. So how should we understand the biblical concept of mission? Well, so worship is the ultimate goal, right? Not mission in and of itself. The reason is twofold. God is worthy. Amen? Can we agree on that? Oh, good, good. And humanity, secondly, is healed. So we need a biblical understanding of mission. So the Bible is a book about God, particularly the witness of God's mission that is unfolding in human history. You guys understand that? When you read the Bible, you get that flavor? Oh, this is human history. And this is God's mission in it. Also, we can read the Bible uh, mythologically uh, with that missional hermeneutic, though we often don't. We usually read it selfishly, don't we? What am I going to get out of the Word today? Pastor, what is this sermon going to do for me today? We're really missing what God's communicating through His Word. What should I do instead of what is God doing so part of the Bible reveals is that throughout history, God has chosen to work through people, not independent of people. We need a historical understanding of mission. Abraham was told by God, now the Lord had said to Abram in Genesis chapter 12 here, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abraham is blessed and is to be a blessing. You see, all peoples, when it says that, it's speaking about every single nation. Okay, Honduras, the Bahamas. I love that the Olympics are on right now. Some of these countries, I don't even know where countries. It's so cool. <laughs> but that's the heart of God. He has a heart for all people. So God blessed a man to bless a nation in order to bless all nations. God's mission unfolded across the centuries through the nation of Israel. And it reached its revolutionary climax by the coming of Christ himself 
to the nation of Israel. So God's goal is to make all things new. Do you guys know that's what his business is about? Okay? If you are dead in your sins, guess what? God wants to make you new. How does he do that? He did that through dying for you on your behalf upon the cross. And the second you accept that gift by faith, he does something in us. We become new by his spirit. We are born again, born from above. Okay? He makes things new. So the church is not the goal of mission or the gospel, but rather it's God's instrument of witness. So let's talk about some disconnects and how we need to reconnect. First disconnect, I think that's huge, is we see our individual salvation, our individual worship of God as the goal. There needs to be a reconnect church. The goal is not our individual salvation and worship, but the renewal of the whole world in the worship of God by all peoples. You agree? That's what I read in the scriptures. Secondly, there's a disconnect when we, the, we see the church as a place to meet our needs. We need to reconnect. The church is not where we get our needs met, but rather a means through which God meets the needs of the world. Disconnect. We see mission as one of many programs of the church in which we may or may not participate. Reconnect. Mission is not a program of the church. It defines the church. Does that make sense? Good. Are you guys tracking with me? You agreeing with me? Good. Because we don't hear this a whole lot in the church today. (laughs) Another disconnect we see. We send people off to their places to do missions. The Bahamas, Honduras. No, we need to reconnect, guys. We have been sent to our place to be on mission. Does that make sense? See, the church is the people of God, called by God and sent by God for the glory of God and to meet the needs of the world with God. So how should we understand ourselves as the church? Well, in that definition, there are two driving factors. The first and the foremost important fact is the glory of God, right? Doesn't Isaiah tell us this? This is the reason you were created, for the glory of God. You want to know why you're here? It is for the glory of God. He who glories, let him glory in what? The Lord, not yourself. That's something that we in America don't get. <laughs> um, also, um, there's humanitarian concern. Um, though that's important, it's not the driving force of mission. Okay, Missions, guys, is propelled by a deep love for the name and for the glory of Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Paul spoke about his mission endeavors as being to bring about obedience of faith among all Gentiles for his name's sake. It's all for him. That's Romans 1.5. That's the reason. You guys know Paul was the missionary apostle. <laughs> he went for it and it was for one purpose, to call all people to faith in Christ. Why? For his name's sake. It's for him. So because we are reconciled, we seek to see others reconciled to God. Isn't that how it works? You come to faith in Christ, you're born again, you want to see other people come to faith. That's just how it works. Because we are cared for, we seek 
to care for others. Mission is not just a program of the church. It defines the church as God's sent people. We are called out of the world to belong to God. And we are sent back into the world to be a witness and to serve. He himself said, so, he said, as the Father has sent me, what I also send you. Okay? We are sent. That's why I'm talking to all of us this morning. We are all missionaries. This is why God has left us here. So we must see ourselves as a sent people. We are supposed to be the church in everyday life. Not go to church almost every Sunday. Um, Mission should be normal. It should be easy. It should be doable. It should be a part of our everyday life. So be liberated in your new identity in Christ. So we need to get ourselves to see what we are sent everywhere we go. Full-time missionaries, full-time ministry. So to get this, we have to know our identity is in Jesus. Third point, and I'll wrap up with this. How should we understand our context as North Americans? Why that matters, it's not because we are afraid of the church being marginalized, but because we want less people inspired by hell and going to hell. Amen? So, it is fair and proper to speak of North America as a mission field. If you doubt this is true, just think about your own workplace, your school. Think about your family for a moment. Having agreed that our context is a mission field, we then need to ask ourselves, how can we, the church, a church, be faithful to Jesus, the gospel, the scriptures, and our calling and sending in North America, in the Western world? Well, we, the church, need to go back, I think, to mission status. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. But we must start by beginning a shift or a paradigm from the thinking that the mission field is over there. No. <laughs> it's right where you are. It's realizing it's right here from thinking. Okay? John, have you stopped missions work because you're stateside now? No, we went to Chipotle the other night, and I didn't even catch it, but he's talking about Jesus with people. You know, this young gal who's in the Lord who was serving, you know. It's just one of those things. It's wherever you are, okay? Turners, when you're back next week in the Bahamas, you know, you're on mission. You're on mission here this morning. I mean, that's just the reality. You guys understand that. Tomorrow morning when you're off to work, <laughs> you're on mission, guys. You're on mission right now. I hope you understand that even at church. We are here to worship God and worship Him well. And we get to do that together. We get to provoke each other in that. You know? Um, so, to realize a mission is that we do, okay? Um, from thinking as a church, we send people to realizing that as a church, we are sent people. So God's mission is... He's calling us to himself in worship and then 
sending us into the world in service to represent his kingdom and to proclaim his gospel wherever we find ourselves. So God, would you help us to be on mission and to be in motion as your people? Amen? Amen. Cool. So, at this time, we're going to have the beards come up and share the mission that God has sent them <laughs> on. And it's kind of been a fun because we've known these guys for a long while and kind of been able to see that. And I think that's one of the neatest things that we get a privilege of doing in life, guys, is we do life together, is we get to see what God's doing in each other's lives. And does that provoke us? Aren't you encouraged when you see a brother or a sister you haven't seen in a year or two and you see them and you catch up and they're still on with Jesus? Man, that's one of the best things as a believer. You're just provoked, you're encouraged, you're like, yeah! Anyways, beers, why don't you guys come up? You know, just to encourage y'all, when, when we met what, 13 years ago or so, like, missionary work was not on my radar, you know. Uh, it's just, I think as believers, it's having an intentionality to be about the gospel and to be faithful to what God has called before you in that moment. And then over time, as he, he calls you and draws you, he just puts more on your plate. And here I am, the director and founder of this ministry in Honduras, <laughs> you know, 13 years later, it's pretty wild. Um, let me pray, and then I'll, I'll wrap up today. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for just a reminder uh, to keep the main thing the main thing. We want to be about you, Lord. We want to be about your mission in our families and our lives personally here at Freedom. And uh, we want to honor you. We want to bring you glory. And so forgive us, Lord, for the excuses that we make, for um, the reasons that we don't do that. And just thank you so much for your spirit, for uh, the way that you've um, drawn us and called us into your kingdom. Just burden us with the heart for the lost, for those who don't know you, Christ. Show us poverty, uh, spiritual poverty in new ways in those around us that we might um, be a tool in their life to see them come to know Christ. And uh, we just pray this in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. What, what time? 11.15? Is that what you said? Is that right? Okay, beautiful. Wow, you gave me an extra five minutes, bro. That's awesome. So, like I said, Landon and I met, I think... He had more hair and I had less hair when we first met. We were, um, did I say that right? You had more hair and I had, yeah, I had less hair. Um, he was the youth pastor of the Calvary in Appleton. I was the youth pastor of a Calvary in Des Moines, Iowa. And we hooked up and started doing youth camps together. And that just started a great relationship. And that's why we're here today because we have a relationship uh, with Freedom Fellowship. And it's about a, a, a sit-down meal with a family in church about every other year does a really good job of just reconnecting hearts. And that's Marilyn and our desire, is just to knit our hearts together. Whether you join ministry with the ranch, 
or not is between you and God. Our heart is just to see you get passionate about the work that God's doing and to do that together, to do it passionately. Um, our ministry, Ranch Oasis for Youth, was established in Honduras in the year 2010. That's when we've been there. And it's, it's fun because Marilyn and I got the vision. She picked up a book, kind of, how you, you know how you're not supposed to read books um, or by, the, by judging it by its cover? That's the only reason Marilyn bought this book. There was a young girl riding bareback, just kind of straddling on, and hugging on this horse. And this book was about a ministry in Oregon that, that combines horses and Jesus, basically. And my wife fell in love with this idea of ministry with horses. She's ridden since she's been a little girl, and I've, I've always worked with young people and with youth. And so when we were in Iowa, uh, was born this vision for Ranch Oasis for Youth. And it's amazing because we first moved to Costa Rica to attempt to do Ranch Oasis, and that was more of a, a crucible time in our life and in our marriage where God was turning up the heat, getting rid of some junk in our lives to prepare us for the move for Honduras. But <clears throat> where we live now is not even where we first moved to in Honduras. Uh, last April, we moved on to a 17-acre property um, halfway between the village where we used to live and the town where, where we're closer to. And it's, it's four times as big as where we were. But what's really cool, and just seeing God's hand and his providence and everything is on our property is one of the three water aquifers that feed our whole town. Um, maybe between 4,000 and 8,000. I'm not sure if that number includes the, all the villages connected, but there's maybe up to 8,000 people. And while we were living in Des Moines, Iowa, God put the name Rancho Oasis on our heart. And my thought was that we would be a place to minister to the youth where we would be an oasis spiritually connecting with these kids and introducing Christ to them and developing their relationship with Christ. Well, eight years later, <clears throat> we are, or several years later, we, we move on to a property that is literally an oasis for our community. So you can see just God's hand and his providence in that. I love telling that story. Our connection uh, goes way back with Freedom Fellowship. We've hosted two small teams, short-term missions teams, back in 2011 and 2012. And um, also, also out of the fellowship, we've hosted three uh, interns. That's one of the things that we really like to do. Uh, Andrea's back there. She was with us a few years ago for three months. Uh, Colin, the blue-haired guy, yeah, he, he, was, he was with us pre-fatherdom and, and pre-marriage. He spent three, years, or three months serving with, with us down at the ranch. And for those of you who uh, know uh, Kurt and Rebecca Thale, they came down for a month with their whole family and served with us at the ranch. So there's been a neat, um, consistent bond of serving together and ministry at the ranch. Um, our vision states that we want to be a refuge for uh, the unwanted. We want to be a place of healing for the wounded and a place of hope for the discouraged in the midst of chaos. And we do a lot of different outreach and activities, all with the desire to see uh, young adults come into a relationship with Christ and to be discipled and matured in knowing what that means. 
If you have your Bibles, you can look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm reading from the New Living Translation in, in verse 4. That's Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. It states, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to see to these commands I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are away on a journey, when you are lying down and when you are getting up again. Tie them to your hands as a reminder and wear them on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And from that you could add during guitar class or soccer practice or the trade school or even horseback riding. And we just extend that into our ministry. Um, if you can cue up the video, <clears throat> sorry, I flipped it on you. I put together um, uh, a simple video just highlighting some of the things that have happened over the last six months with construction projects on the new property, with outreach that we've been doing. It's kind of a um, drinking from a fire hose for three minutes long, <laughs> but you'll get a good picture of what we do. And then what I, what I think would help us connect is that we're going to do a prayer walk. If you would actually come to the ranch and visit, what I like to do with teams that come is we walk on the property and we, we go to each of the buildings that we're, we're either constructing or using, and I talk about the ministry that's happening in each of these places, and then we take some time to pray. So that's what I would like to do with us today. We're gonna, Marilyn's going to come, come up after the video, and we're going to take some time just to share about the ministry and share some stories, but I want to leave some time for us to divide up as a group and to pray over specific areas of Ranch Oasis, because I think that's really where, where our hearts get knit together. So, but first, here's a, a little glimpse of, of life at the ranch. Before we moved to Central America, Marilyn and I lived in uh, Mexico for two years. And we were part of a ministry that had been established for, at that point, um, but sometime between 35 and 40 years. So the infrastructure of the property was all established and everything was just focused on the ministry at hand. Well, we feel like God has like flipped our roles where <clears throat> the ranch has been in existence for about six years in Honduras and we're starting from scratch. When we first purchased that property, there was no electricity. There was one building on that property. And so in the last um, two and a half years, we've been focused just on the infrastructure and building that up with still having our family and doing outreach in the community. So it's been kind of a crazy time. But we feel as a ministry, um, as we still go through this kind of transitional period and we're getting the property ready, that the pieces of the puzzle are starting to, to finally come together. So it's a really exciting time. It's amazing to me. You know, when, you, when you're in life and you're just going through the day-to-day, -day, you get frustrated with your own walk with the Lord, with your children, and all these things. I encourage everyone to once a year put together your own personal like missionary slideshow of what you've been doing this last year, and hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> you'll be encouraged to really see, holy moly, that's just the last six months. That's crazy, all the stuff that God has been doing through the ranch, through all the, the lives being influenced, and so it, it greatly encourages me. But what I'd like to do now is just show you some, some buildings on the ranch, kind of walk, walk through the property and talk about 
um, what goes on in each of these buildings. So if you can hit the first slide. Welcome. Bienvenidos. That's Sheba. She always waits for us at the door, at the gate. This is our home. This is a little bit uh, an older photo, but this is the first building that we had built on the property. And you might think, why are you showing me your house, John? Well, you know what? Um, as the founders, as the directors of the ministry, if this house isn't strong, Rancho Oasis won't exist. And so I bring this up first because we need your prayers. We do. More than anything else, my wife and I need your prayers. There's, there is such an intense um, spiritual warfare that goes on where Satan consistently tries to come in and divide my family, my wife and I. So we need your prayers. So that's why I show this house. Go ahead to the next slide. This is the clan, the Beard clan, right? Um, it's a little weird. This is the first time we've traveled without our four children. Uh, my father-in-law and mother-in-law uh, are watching them in Honduras. So it's kind of fun for us, uh, but kind of weird at the same time. But our children, um, oldest, starting in the green t-shirt, is that's Naomi, Naomi Shalom. And uh, Tabitha is next to her. I'll give the whole story. Naomi was made in Mexico, born in the States. <clears throat> Tabitha made in the States, born in Costa Rica. Uh, the, our only son so far that we know of is Tobias. He's our Honduran made and born son. He's our anchor baby. So through Toby, we have residency in, in Honduras. Uh, and then our fierce, a little but fierce poema which means poem, is the, is the little one. And then that was our baby announcement picture. So we're expecting baby number five, who we affectionately call Cinco. Um, <clears throat> we don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet. But, but we need your prayers. I, can't, I cannot emphasize that enough. Just think about all the struggles that you have. Multiply that by 10. Welcome to the, the missionary life. Everything's just harder. Um, we just can't run to Walmart and get what we need. It's an hour to the city to get things. Um, you saw in the picture, you guys were a part of our, our vehicle being repaired. You helped get that rebuilt and uh, transmission. I mean, just think about all that, of sending the transmission down that was rebuilt in the States to Honduras, timing all that as it goes through customs, getting the mechanic there. So thank you for all those, for, for, for you guys being a part of that. Now we have wheels again, which is a huge blessing. But um, the ministry house, I'd like to invite my, my wife up. Usually I'm, the, I'm the, the, what do you say, the voice of the ministry, but I wanted Marilyn to have a chance because she doesn't have little ones pulling at her, her, her dress. But this is the ministry house. This was the first house on the property, and we do all of our outreach activities on site here. So we do the girls' Bible study and then the trade school, and Marilyn's going to talk to you a bit about the trade school. Go ahead to the next slide. Okay. Um, well, John told me that I was going to be up here sharing. I'm kind of a little nervous about that, but I'll do my best. Um, the trade school went actually from the very beginning, not one of the fishers of the ministry, but it was something that the Lord put on a heart with our need in the community. And basically, the focus is to teach skill to, what the age? 
13 to 25. Yeah, 13 to 25. Um, we, we started off with three different areas of ministry. We were doing gardening, cooking, and then um, craft and everything. And so, but out of the three, the craft and artisan tranquil part really thrived. And um, it's just amazing because I I should basically I have a passion for art and so the Lord should you done had to raise me to minister to the community. So it's been really cool to see how um the Lord is grown in that, that ministry. But we started about four years ago and I started off the idea to use materials that um that we can recycle. So and a way is um, redemption art, is what we like to call it. So, and we also emphasize that with the students. You know, we tell them, you know, here we're taking stuff that are ready to go to the garbage, but we're going to actually repurpose them and make them beautiful pieces of art that people are going to buy and, and in return support you so that you can make changes in your life and that you can feel redeemed because you are loved by God, you know, you are, you have a purpose, and so it's just been really neat to see the students really thrive in that, in that atmosphere. We, um, this year, since we've been back in January, um, we've got a handful of students who are in the process of starting to build their homes or finishing building their own homes. And a lot of these are the older ones that have been saving money since they've been joining, since they've joined in the trade school. So that's been really exciting to see the fruit of them taking what they've created, you guys supporting them in your purchases and everything that bought um, from the trade school goes right back to the trade school. So the trade school is self sustained. So we pay the student and we take a little bit to buy material, but nothing else goes into our ministry of Rancho Oasis as a whole. And we did that intentionally so that it would be self sustained. So that's the short of the of this part of the ministry. You know, po poverty comes in many forms, and, you know, we're interested in the spiritual poverty that people have. We want to see people know Christ and spend eternity with God. But living in one of the poorest nations in the Western Hemisphere, you cannot ignore the material poverty that goes on. So, as Marilyn said, we just begin to see a need of these young people who are kind of in limbo between elementary school and junior high. And we said, Lord, how can we meet that need? And out of that grew the trade school. And a lot more. We, we have young women that are um, basically single moms. Um, there's some young men as well, but um, there's not a lot of job opportunities. So the trade school, we're teaching kind of intangible things like work ethic, um, just quality of their work, things that will give them a better shot of getting a job down the road and also getting them into the Word. So it's been a really fun part of the ministry. Go to the next slide, please. Uh, the girls' Bible study, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, we meet once a week and get these girls uh, into the Word of God. And we do different games and fun activities. But this young woman that has her Bible open, Diana, she's a seventh grader. And <clears throat> she's a handful. As as Rachel knows how seventh graders are, she's just a fire rocket. And 
she's really sassy, but of of a lot of the youth that we minister to, Diana has really honest questions and honest observations of the Word of God. She comes from a Catholic family, and so it's not uncommon for us to be studying through, and Diana will just kind of sit back and get really upset and say, that's not what my priest told me, or that's not what my family does. But Jesus says that right here. So that's just a, a blurb of, of the, the, the foundation of our ministry is to get these young people into the Word of God, getting them comfortable reading the Word of God, and let God speak to them through the Word. And so I love her. I want her to grow up in our ministry and just be, she'll be an amazing leader. She's like a handful right now, but she would be an amazing leader. So um, ministry house, the artisan craft school, the trade school, and then the girls' Bible study. Um, we're, we, most of the kids we're reaching are kind of on the fringe, the at-risk, um, a lot from Catholic backgrounds, so they're not into the Word of God. So it's a neat, neat uh, corner of the ministry, I guess you could say. Go ahead to the next slide. Ah. Um, this, the, the red building in the background, we had uh, basically two teams construct that structure. This is our stable. It's a pole barn, really simple structure, but it, it uh, houses our goats and our horses. And since this is my wife's passion, um, I'll let her talk about the vision of, of the horse aspect of the ministry. Why don't you explain the other two pictures? Okay. Um... Well, first off, I'm going to introduce you to two of our horses that are on the property right now. Um, the horse on the left, the bay, yeah, anyway, <laughs> the horse, the, the dark brown horse, the bay, her name is Nita, which actually is translated as the, like, it's another word for Genesis, which means the new beginning. So she was like the beginning of what we hope. When we first got her almost four years ago to start the ministry of the horse. And then um, on the other side is the white horse, is her mom, and her name is Dueva. And her means. We made it up. Yeah. Zoe, which means life. I think it's yeah, Greek. Life. Latin. And new. And Nueva, which is new. So we so made new it up. Life. Zoeva, new life. So it was just, um, just a. Uh, it's a way to tell people just how we were able to give her a new life, you know, her. And we got them when she had just given birth to Nita. And they would have not made it if the pastor had a, a local pastor in town had called us that I have a horse I need to look at and, and I'm thinking I need you guys to take her because I don't think she's going to live. So it was an opportunity. It was kind of our first rescue and it's our first step into what's been a long process of building the fishing of the ministry itself. And then down below is actually the ring. And next where we have a round pen. And so that is where we hope to see the coming year um, to all the activity for the host ministry again. Now, just to step back a little bit to kind of explain what the fishing is, um, like John said, um, I've been riding horses since I was seven years old. And for most of you might know, I am um, deaf and hard of hearing. I wear a hearing aid. And so growing up, 
It was very difficult for me to make fun. It was very difficult for me to really, I didn't really belong in one world, the deaf or the world hearing people. So I was kind of, I was a loner more than. Um, I was an active for a loner, if that even really <laughs> is possible. But um, haunted was a way of therapy for me. And so I, it was the only place where I could really be myself. And it was the only place where I could really um, have a safety, a sense of safety, where I could truly be myself without being judged by other people. And it for some of you, you might understand that through a like new thing or born, or you just have this one passion that you're true, that you're shown who you are, and it's your safety. And so that's what horses were for me. So I have been riding and showing for many years, and um, but the Lord called me away from that. And I just said, okay, you know, this is like my life. You're asking me to sacrifice here. But the Lord gives and he takes away, but he also gives back, but in a different way. And so reading the book from the ministry that then the peace, where they incorporate horses and I read you, and they should combine the two because they're just an amazing ability for the horses to be able to break down the wall that a lot of you build up against people because they've been hurt so much. And so um, I read about that and I was just like, that's what I want to do. Like, if you were to give me Horton, if you were to, if you were to put me back into that, that's what I want to do, Lauren. And so that's how Rancho Oasis came to birth. And um, we... Uh, tell, just tell the story of that. Yeah, uh, we, one, just one little story that happened a few years ago that was like a glimpse to something so much greater that I'm really hoping and excited to see in the future when we um, had made friends with a missionary that live in the city and they have a children's home and they have all the way from babies all the way to 18 years old. And so it's a smaller children's home and they're trying to do that family model where they can try to teach the kids what a family could be and raise them and then teach them how to step out into the world. Well, they called us up and said, hey, you know, we'd like to bring our kids out to your place to take a break from the city and, I mean, take your job back. So um, just to give you an idea, it's very smoky, dirty, everything, concrete, men, there's no beauty in there. It's just, ugh, it's just very dreary. So bringing them out to our place, which is an adventure for them. And of course, they asked if we, if, um, we could let the kids ride the horse, well, the waiver. Not neither, she's too young. But so I was like, of course, we'll do that. And so all the girls, I got all the girls together. Of course, the boys were kind of like, yeah, they're just, I'm too cool for this. And they're like, I'm going to go play soccer. The girls were like, oh, horses, you know, that's like every little girl's dream. So, Got them together, that why she worked with horses. And I noticed she kind of off on the side. There was a little girl, maybe 10, 11 years old. She, um, I could tell she was really just kind of clothed off, very nervous. And um, I wasn't sure if she had just recently joined in the children's home or I didn't really know what her background was. But I tried to include her in and to try to give her opportunity to 
love on the radar, watch her and just be a part of it and not feel absolute. Well, time came, get all the kids on the horses that we were letting each of them get on and walk around with them, do different games and tricks with them. Well, she was one of the last to get on, and um, she almost didn't want to, but I was like, come on, get on, just for a few minutes, you'll like it. So she's like, okay. So she gets on, and it was just so cool, because, um, sorry. I always choke up whenever I think about it, because it happened right there. Um, she, um, you know, the whole time she was with us, she didn't smile. She didn't, I mean, she, she didn't have that youthfulness like the, all the other kids had. She, she just was just so afraid to be who she, who she is. And so we got her on the horn. I started talking to her and just walking her around. And it was just amazing to see the transformation from before. She was just all stiff and just kind of, Almost waiting for something to happen. She gets on the horn and she just starts to laugh. And then I start a little smile. And then I started doing some, some you know, tricks and having her learn to trot and stuff. She started laughing and she was just like in her own little world with Reva. And in the end, she just wrapped her arms around Reva and gave her a hug. And I'm just like, okay, this is really cool. Well, the, the couple of them. Our friends came to, to us afterwards and were like, that was awesome. That was amazing. I'm like, what? What do you mean? She's like, she's been with that for a year. And she had not one smile or laugh or talk to her in a year. And all you did was 15 minutes after letting her find herself as a child again. And so I was just like, Blown away, just like wow, okay. But this is what we want to happen. This is what we want. Had that that been our vision for so many years, and so, so that's just a little glimpse. And we hope now, this year, now we have Melanie, who is our new staff, and she had the gift with horses and everything. And she'd been work. She'd worked with her at a horse camp, so she got. Yeah, so she got it being that we're looking forward to that ministry finally coming to fruition and to see more of that story happen. It, it, we've, as a ministry, we, we're in this little town called Ohohona, and our, our, most of our focus has been on town and the village. But from our property, you can see the capital. It's about 25 miles away, which is not that far, but it's through the mountains, so it's, it's all windy. It takes about an hour to get there. But our heart is to continue to do what we're doing in our local community, but also to start to reach more of the at-risk youth in the city. And over the years, we've been developing relationships with friends who have orphanages or work with street kids, that type of thing. And so that's just one glimpse of the potential of, of the horses God using his creation just to break down those barriers that kids put up with other adults and to present truth to them. So we'll quickly go through the next slides. Soccer, um, real football. Sorry, guys. Um, that's a huge part of our ministry. 
simply put, sports is an amazing application of the Word of God. You have a Bible study, then you practice, and you can put into practice what you just learned right there in the field. And it's, we are the, remember the Bad News Bears? I'm kind of dating myself a little bit. Remember that movie? We, that's our soccer teams. These, these kids, these punk kids, um, one of my favorite stories is um, we have hired a young man who's going to be a young father, and the first year he played with us, he lied about his age. He, he stole his br- younger brother's birth certificate and forged it, and we found out halfway through the season we, we had to kick the kid off the team, and now he works for us full-time. <laughs> <clears throat> Granted, that was like five years ago, but um, just, to, just as a picture of the relationships we're, we're building with these kids, um, we are an outlet for them to just enjoy life, but we're also, Oscar and I, my assistant coach, the guy in the, with the pink shirt, um, he's been ra- being raised up in leadership and taking over the team and just investing in these youth. So that's a, another huge part of our ministry. And we have the field um, in front of the, the writing area. So those two things, you see those two things on the property. And then finally, the last sl- slide. <coughs> we, we need a space for people to come and help us because we can't do it just our family. It's craziness to try to think that all that God's trying to do, but God just draws the staff. Um, go ahead to the next slide. Oh, um, stay there. Go back one. So this is the staff housing, which has um, six bedrooms and four baths. And you can see um, Jose, he's building it out of mud, basically, adobe bricks with concrete. So skip to the next slide. These are all um, staff members. Uh, the two ladies on the, the left side of the screen are full-time staff now with us. Um, my kids are sitting with Marilyn's dad, Wayne. He's kind of a full-time, part-time. He comes when we have projects and whatnot. And then um, Chelsea, sitting with the kids, is, was our intern this last year. So now we have a space. We can move their bedroom out of the ministry house and actually have space for more ministry and move them into their own place as well as hosting teams and whatnot. So that's the other area of our ministry that needs prayer, not just the outreach, but those who are doing the outreach. Um, Our staff, um, it's a mixture of North American and Honduran staff. So um, skip to the next slide. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. That's a shot looking out to a rain cloud coming our direction. And then skip to the next one. Um, what I'd like to do in the few minutes we have left is I'd like to divide up into groups of four. Okay? So, and what we're going to do is with those around you in your immediate area, maybe just turn around or those next to you, we're just going to take a couple minutes to pray in small groups over this section. So this first group, why don't you take my family, lift up. My, my wife and I and our four children and, and just us as directors to have vision and whatnot. So turn to the people next to you or behind you and just form small groups, you guys, and pray for my family. This middle section, what we'll do is those in front of the pole, the same role with the pole and, and towards us, will focus on the ministry house. You'll focus on the two outreaches with the girls' Bible study and the artisan trade school. Okay, Pray for them to grow in their relationship with Christ that the word of God would be opened up to them and just for leadership to be grown out of them. 
all these different things. Those of you in the middle section behind the pole, I want you to pray for um, the horse ministry and the soccer teams. Okay? You got that back there? And then you guys will lift up our staff and the interns, the future interns to come, both North American and Honduran staff. So break up into your little groups, and we'll just take two or three minutes just to pray over those specific areas for, for the ranch, okay? <clears throat> and I will, I will pray over everything, and then Landon will come up, and he wants to pray for us. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we just uh, we thank you that we can come together as the body of Christ and just lift up the needs of Ranch Oasis. And thank you that that's where that partnership begins. And, and I give credit to everyone in this room who just takes up um, the burden of prayer for our ministry as I'm there speaking in Spanish with the boys, helping them understand scripture. I know that comes through the power of your spirit and the fervent prayer of the saints that are undergirding our ministry. So I just thank you that we have that tool. And even now for the, for the opportunity to lift up the ranch, just pray for um, our staff as they continue to do life and ministry, that you would be with them and be with our children and uh, Wayne and Brooke as they watch them and continue to bless Marilyn and I as we share at a variety of churches over the next three weeks and that you would just uh, give us um, traveling mercies and bless our time uh, without the kids as we have our baby moon together. And uh, we just pray this in your precious name, Lord. Amen. Amen. So we're out of time to really talk more about the ministry, but uh, you can, I think I can invite you to youth group. I'm going to be sharing with the youth group if you're really interested in hearing more about how you can get involved. Six o'clock here at the church. Uh, we're going to be kind of a, a little devotional and a Q&A time. Um, our table in the back with, with all the, the jewelry and different things that the students have made. We have um, the Brady Bunch style family photo. Uh, it's hard to get all the kids at once to focus on the camera and smile, so we break them up. Divide and conquer. Uh, we also have some coffee. There's not a lot of bags left, but you can fight your way to the back and get some coffee. That helps support our gas money uh, as we drive around. So um, take some time and, and fellowship and I'll pass it on to Pastor Landon. Where did Roseanne go? Is she getting her coffee already? She's all about her coffee. <laughs> cool. Um, Beards, Turners, why don't you guys stand up? Uh, just simple prayer for you guys as we uh, close today. Uh, Father, we are uh, thankful, God, for hearts that have been knit. We love these guys and just... Uh, just pray that they'd be so encouraged just in your spirit, God, to what you've called them to and just their faithfulness. God, that's the one thing that you've asked of a steward, God, that they be faithful. And we just know you're well pleased with these guys. And we would ask in your name, Jesus, that you would bless their efforts, God, even in their shortcomings and the rough patches and seasons and ministry. God, just keep their eyes upon you. God, we thank you so much that they love you and know you, and uh, just pray you go before them. And for us as a church family, would you just please provoke us in times to pray for them, God? Uh, maybe in the evenings as Aaron's getting together with the 
the boys, God, and open your word in their devotion time or just uh, daily life of uh, having kids, whatever, Lord, you know what's going on. And uh, there's so much that we don't uh, see, but there's things going on in that spiritual realm, Father. And I just pray that you give us hearts to discern, Father, how to pray and, and when to pray and intercede on their behalves. Uh, just thank you so much for this morning. Uh, it's just, just been good for our church family just to get perspective again what life is all about. God, we thank you for your mission, and we thank you, Father, that you've called us, Lord, to be a part of it. What a privilege is your kids. We thank you in your name, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Cool. Connect with these guys. Um, I'm back from sabbatical. There's a few new faces here. I would love to get to know who you guys are. Um, so please introduce yourself if you want to. Um, yeah, hope to see you guys next Sunday. Going to be a good study. God bless.